everyone. The following is a direct message production with your direct link to your favorite stars. Hi everyone, Crystal Fambrini here, and on today's episode of Rock Solid, I sit down with Invisible People founder Mark Horvath to talk about how to end homelessness, the power of purpose, what is blanket time, and why it's important. And we explore a real solution to the Los Angeles tent crisis. So, let's get started. So I'm here with the founder of Invisible People, Mark Horvath, and I'm so honored to have Mark on because I consider him to be like an angel warrior. You travel the world giving invisible people a voice, and that's why your nonprofit is called Invisible People. You put their stories up on social media, and those stories get millions, hundreds of millions of views. It's, it's very impressive, and it's all you. I don't think a lot of people know that. And we are here at Venice Beach. We're sitting on a park bench. It's a beautiful day. Thanks for having me, and I love the authenticity of this being right outside uh, talking about homelessness and life in Los Angeles. Now, people can't see us, so I want to describe it. To the right of us, there are some makeshift tents. The basketball court here at the famous Venice Boardwalk is closed. There's a couple people around it. Surfers are walking by. Before we get into Invisible People and your why for doing it, what are you thinking about Venice Beach today as we sit here in this new normal, you know, in the midst of COVID-19? The tents on the beach that were here have been pushed inward, which is not good. Um, And the encampments have grown. I love Venice. I have always uh, just adored this community, but now I have friends that live here. I have friends. I have a friend that's behind you in a tent. I have several friends that are out here on the street. I have friends in the bridge shelter right now and i have a friend that was recently housed so it shows that we can end homelessness we just need that housing to get people out of the off the streets out of the tents into a shelter with a path to housing now with covid where you know uh shelters where you're you know butt up next to people um are dangerous where housing is, you know, the solution, it's really put a magnifying glass on how Los Angeles has failed. Let me put it this way. We know how to end homelessness. We just don't have the political and public will to make it happen. And that is the problem, and it's really been magnified now that COVID-19 has come into play. It's changed everything, and, you know, for homeless services providers, they have now had to change everything that they're doing. They're working on limited resources to begin with. Now you have to, you know, do the best you can to isolate people, to make sure food is safe, to make sure that everybody has PPE, personal protection equipment. And it's put this added burden on homeless services that they're still trying to figure out. The biggest issue that I've seen 
is the police activity, the criminalization of homelessness. You don't see the tents on the boardwalk as you used to see. They've pushed people inland into residential areas, which is even worse. Um, and that is not good for anybody. House people don't want homeless people, and homeless people don't want to be homeless. Why did you start Invisible People? Being a podcast, I can't show you the photo. But I have a photo on my phone of me right over there as a homeless person with a mohawk and an iguana uh, on my shoulder. I used to have a great job in the television industry, but I ended up homeless. And I sold pictures of my iguana to tourists. And that's how I survived. I rebuilt my life back to a three-bedroom house and a new car and a cushy marketing job. And in 08, the economy crashed. And I lost everything again. Uh, I went out and I grabbed a camera. I want to tell you that I wanted to change the world. But the truth was I needed purpose to get, get up in the morning. So I, I grabbed a camera and started interviewing homeless people, raw and unedited, because I couldn't edit the video at the time. And then it's taken off. Now uh, we do journalism, we do education, we do advocacy. Uh, we started producing little mini documentaries, uh, on both homelessness to crisis and solutions. It's really interesting to me because Invisible People started in the 08 crash. So here we are in another major, you know, COVID is influencing society, economy, all of us at a professional and personal level. It's going to be interesting how all of us come out of this on the other side. You touched upon something. You said it was important for you to have a purpose. So you started doing Invisible People. You just got your camera and just started doing interviews. Let's talk about that a little bit. The importance of feeling like you're doing something. You're being active. What does that mean to you? How have you developed that? Well, that's a missing ingredient. So you just can't put people in a box, whether it's a tiny home, whether it's a tent, whether it's a shelter, uh, whether it's a house or whether it's a mansion, you know, or a trailer, you know, a trailer park. People need to thrive, not just survive. And at every socioeconomic level, if people don't have purpose, they wither, they start surviving. Um, I strongly believe that's one of the missing ingredients when we house people. What is the difference of why did that person make it and that person did not? And I think a lot of it has to do with our early years of child development. Some people suffer from such low self-esteem and self-worth that they don't have this spirit in them to find purpose. So we need to help them find a purpose. I was programmed that I would never be nothing. I still fight that. I fight. I was homeless for many years. I still fight that every day. But there was also a part of me, which is my mother, who had all this tenacity. She was disabled and still ran a business. And um, I learned from her to keep fighting. So when I'm like in a situation like the 08 crash, I fought it and figured out a way. They say necessity breeds innovation. And that's how invisible people started.
what are some action steps for people listening who might not have a purpose? What can they do to create that in them? I say it like this, and my mom just recently passed. And with COVID, it was like a one-two punch. Um, I went through some really dark times, still kind of wrestling with it. And what first happens is I call it blanket time. Is I lay in my bed going, poor me, poor me, poor me. And I believe we have to do that. I believe it's okay to feel. You know, we live in a world where everybody's positive, positive, positive. Just because you bury toxic waste doesn't mean it goes away. You've got to feel those negative emotions. You've got to feel the positive emotions. So for me, when I'm in blanket time where I'm, you know, laying in my bed just, you know, beating myself up, it's really dark, I get out of myself by doing something small every single day to better my life. That might be sending an email to somebody. That might be sending a text to somebody. It may be grabbing socks and going out and handing them to homeless people. Every day I do that one thing, and I might go back to blanket time, but soon that becomes two things, three things, and my problems may not go away. Like, you know, COVID is still here. My mom is in heaven. But you get this new perspective. You get this, and you're able to deal with the challenges you're facing with much better clarity. And my deepest condolences to you for losing your mom. I know I said that to you in person the other day, but um, she looked like an amazing soul. And now she gets to live on through you. And I love how you said blanket time. That's just such a simple term for a powerful, sad, depressing, lot of emotion going on. I, too, have also had my blanket time. And I say my goal is it's okay to have blanket time, but let's, if I'm reacting to something, let's make that blanket time each time a little bit less, if that makes sense. But grief, grief is a hard one and you got to give yourself time and you most likely will have some more blanket time coming up dealing with, you know, your current loss. You know, we're humans and life is ups and downs. Um, I think that's the big difference. What happens to homeless people is learned helplessness is they've tried to get out of homelessness. And then after a while, um, they just adapt and blanket time, the depression, the feeling of hopelessness is overwhelming and they give up. Homeless people will say, well, I want to be homeless, and they don't. It's They've given up. See, the brain is very powerful. The brain has to either say, society hates me, or I want to be homeless. They opt for, I want to be homeless. But every person I, I've met that aren't nomadic that have said, I want to be homeless, I said, did you first try to get out? Oh, yeah, but I gave up. It was so hard. We don't make it easy for people to get out of homelessness. And what you said about when you're in blanket time, you take s- simple actions to try to get out of it, such as something simple as an email, or you focus out. You give back to the community by passing socks out to people in need on the streets. And for people who are on the streets who are doing blanket time, quite frankly, publicly, right, just p- people walking by, the power that you and I, that anyone have to just connect with them and talk with them, even just to say hi for a couple minutes, that can help someone give them purpose. Let's be honest. A pair of socks it helps helps with hygiene. It, you know, socks are are badly needed, but it's not going to end homelessness. It's that human connection 
that gives a reason to say hello, to talk to somebody. And there have been people. Uh, there's a gentleman who uh, I interviewed on Hollywood Boulevard that just by that human connection, he decided to go change his life just from that human connection. That is why when we see other people in blanket time, and it could be our friends, our coworkers, could be our spouse or girlfriends or boyfriends or uh, even people out on the street, the most important thing we can give to somebody else is our positive attention. I worked several years to get my nonprofit to a point where it could scale. 2020 was going to be that year. And we lost significant funding. Um, it was crushing. But it's crushing for everybody. I, 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 I'm very sensitive that, you know, we're all going through this. Now... There's this, you know, a lot of people saying we're in this together. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not into this together. The uh, I was watching Entertainment Tonight the other night, and, uh, you know, celebrities were talking about how they were depressed, they can't work, and how they're quarantined. And, and yes, nobody escapes suffering. Paris Hilton at times has had suffering. You know, Bill Gates has at times has had suffering. But when you have a job and you have a house and you don't have to worry about food and you don't have to worry about safety, it's not the same of the 30 million people that got unemployed. It's not the same of the our black and brown friends who are been discriminated against for years and years and years. They don't get the same health care. They don't get the same support. They don't, eh, eh, you're going to get me going on this, but we are not in this together. However, together, we have to help our neighbors. Now, when you were coming here, what were you expecting or what were you thinking that you would see here in Venice Beach? That's a great question um, because I was at first... Uh, preparing myself for stories of despair. Um, and many of my homeless friends have heartbreaking stories of abuse, uh, trauma. What I found was stories of resilience, stories of survival. Because to a homeless person, coronavirus is just another challenge. It's They still have to survive. It's just another day. And... You know, what do you think about the, uh, the L.A. city putting up, like, these um, sanitary areas? They should have done this a long time ago, and it's still not enough. Los Angeles, uh, both the city and the county, has a longstanding history of not doing enough and doing it too late. And what COVID-19 has really highlighted is the failures of both Los Angeles and Los Angeles County. Uh, and 
what I mean by that is we're going into a crisis. There's what, 30 million people unemployed now, unemployment numbers going every day, homelessness is going to increase significantly. It's already been increasing, you know. So this amount of homelessness that we have in Los Angeles was unmanageable before coronavirus. So now it is really, really, really scary. There's so many programs that they're making really quickly, you know, with the stimulus checks, with unemployment. Now freelancers can get unemployment. Um, have you heard or seen any things that they're doing besides just the sanitary stations for people who are, you know, combating homelessness? COVID-19 has shown that congregant living shelters, you know, dorm-style shelters where you have a bunch of cots in one room, everybody next to each other, or there might be some kind of a, like an office separation, but you're still standing in line for food and showers are unsafe. It's really, you know, housing ends homelessness. Housing is health care. Housing actually saves taxpayer money. You know, the solution to end homelessness is housing. We know this. Take somebody from the streets, get them into a bridge shelter for a short period of time, and there has to be a path to housing. Otherwise, the shelters just become warehousing. Um, but this whole coronavirus right now, it's hard to give you a definitive answer because, you know, the saying everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off, you know, um, homeless services is scrambling. They're way, they were overburdened before COVID-19. Now everything's changed. Everything has to be sanitized. Everybody has to be safe, uh, which, you know, is a good thing, but they're, scrambling for resources, trying to figure out what the best protocol is for people. And um, from what I've heard just a little bit of time here, that it, there's a understandably a lot of disorganization. And that is, you know, it's under, I mean, everybody's going through this, you know what I mean? It's not just homeless services. And it's going to take a little time for all of us to adjust to this. You're a Venice resident. What do you think about all this? What do you think about these tents out here and homeless people out here? More needs to be done, clearly. Before COVID-19, the homeless could put up tents only at nighttime, only between certain hours. It was like dusk, dusk to dawn. And I felt bad about that. That didn't seem to make sense to me because these people put so much time, hours a day, setting these tents up, taking them down, you know, over and over again. That just didn't seem a way for these people to thrive. They're waste, it seemed like a waste of time. But now with COVID-19 and they're allowed to keep the tents up 24-7, that doesn't seem to make sense either because they're completely blocking the sidewalks. And, you know, I walk around these neighborhoods, so what am I supposed to do? And I don't have anything against the homeless people. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm supposed to walk in the middle of the street. And how is that protecting us from COVID-19? And, you know, what about these empty parking lots? What did you think about my idea of, of moving... The, the tents to an empty parking lot to a designated area is that just me being naive no, i i support sanctioned uh camping safe camping in fact i think mike uh bonin is also 
trying to introduce something similar. Well, it just seems so obvious, and that's where I get mad, where I'm like, some of these solutions seem so obvious. So all these tents, and you know, sometimes some nonprofits are giving out the tents. I even heard rumors that city people are, are giving out the tents. Um, why can't we have it all in one area? I mean, why hasn't the mayor addressed this? Why have the news not covered this? I haven't seen anything on this. The mayor just uh, announced his budget, and I'm not really a policy person, but everything he's he's asking for a significant increase in policing and cutting everything else, um, which is ridiculous. I mean, uh, Los Angeles, I believe, spent $30 million in policing last year, which could have built 15 more shelters. And even though shelters aren't, you know, this was pre-COVID. But the important thing, which what you brought up, is this whack-a-mole. So... During the day, homeless people can't pitch tents on the street, right? During the day, they have to hide. They have to have all their belongings, shove it in corners, and then just walk around all day. That's ridiculous. How it used to be before COVID is during the day, they couldn't be on the street, so they set up on the beach. And during the evening, they had to go back on the streets because they weren't Set, can't set up on the beach. Um, it's just so stupid because every single day they got to move, 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 move. People think homeless people are lazy. I mean, that's a lot of work, and you got to do it every day. There's no sick days. There's no, uh, you know, vacation days. You can't, you know, uh, ask for personal leave, right? You've got to do this every single day. I met a man this morning, uh, just you know, a, a block down there that he has five tickets. In the last three weeks, he has no income and no place to go. So this Los Angeles, both the county and the city, put all this effort in criminalizing homelessness. And that taxpayer money could be used to solutions. If there was designated camping spots for people who are homeless, do you think that these people in the tents that we see all over would go to these areas? Well, I'll tell you, we're in an, in a, we're on a street. One of my friends, Alicia, who has two cats and a dog, and I never thought would go into the bridge shelter. She told me she would never go into the bridge shelter. I'm not going into that thing. And she's in the bridge shelter. So talking about sanctioned tent camps, and there's sanctioned tent camps in Seattle, uh, Portland, a few other communities have them. Um, the homeless sector frowns on them because they only want housing. So it's it's a Band-Aid. It's not housing. we got to have housing. Well, there is no housing. There is, may never be enough housing. So what sanctioned tent camps provide, it's a place where there's safety, where people can leave their stuff. They don't have to tear down their tents any day. They can have storage so they can go look for work or get mental health services or addiction services or whatever they need to get better. Homeless uh, case managers can go in and work with them because that they're, you know, one of the issues as a uh, outreach case manager is homeless people are always moving. And it's mostly by police pushing them down the road and trying to find them. So you might have an appointment for somebody to go into a drug rehab and you go there the next day and they're not there. You know, so homeless sanctioned tent camps 
I believe, are a viable solution when there isn't housing. Ideally, yes, housing. We need to get people into housing. It saves lives and saves money. But this idea that pushback from the homeless sector is, no, it's not housing. Well, then make housing. And you can't. So then let's do something. Well, I'm just trying to understand why it's not happening in Los Angeles. So now I'm playing devil's advocate because to me it seems like such a no-brainer, especially during COVID-19. There's horrible things happening, but in tragedy, you can get some positive things going on. You can get some positive change, and maybe this could be a positive change where they create this. Bureaucracy kills people. So, you know, there has been a movement in Los Angeles and around the country for safe parking places, which is great. So the person that started the safe parking here, now there's a couple different organizations, but the first took them five years. Safe parking where you can sleep in your car at nighttime in a safe parking lot. But right now, in this new normal, do you think that it could get done possibly a lot faster? And rather than having, you know, years, we can get this done in a couple months? Is that a possibility or am I just a dreamer? No, I think we need to pull out all the stops. I don't I don't have any solutions and I don't think anybody has any solutions for any of this. COVID has changed. You know, it is a uh, a fluid situation that changes daily for all of us. So we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring as far as COVID is. But as far as homelessness because it's going to we have to reduce the bureaucracy pull out all the stops do everything whether it's safe parking whether it's housing whether it's uh social distancing modified shelters it's not just one thing homelessness is very very complex because we're humans right humans are complex we're all different we all have wants desires past trauma and you just can't magically do something and homelessness is ended nonprofits called invisible people because when the homeless are forced to essentially hide during the day. I consider it hiding during the day when they have to take down their tents. They're invisible. And now that they're allowed to keep their tents up, I'm not saying it's it's a good or bad thing, but I'm saying that people can't people are seeing it more. People that think that it's not in their neighborhood realize that it is in their neighborhood. It's not just in downtown LA and Skid Row. It's in, you know, Santa Monica. You go up to the Hollywood Hills, it's on Sunset Boulevard. You know, you see the tents everywhere. You're seeing the visible homeless. There are millions of kids and families who you don't see out here. You, you know, there's, there's the homeless crisis is much bigger than the street homelessness that we see. We have to work on preventing homelessness. Then if somebody does end up on the streets or end up in the shelter system, we must prioritize if they're able to get their life back and restabilize, we need to help them do that. And if they have mental health or addiction problems, we need to work on getting them the support they need. Because a lot of people, you know, everyone has a different story when it comes to homelessness and how they got there, but there are some themes to it. And what I've noticed through my limited experience with talking to people that are homeless um, or people that were about to be homeless, the people that were about to be homeless and, you know, didn't put their head in the sand and ask for help and they were able to get out of it, fantastic. The people that didn't want 
to ask for help, that were too embarrassed, that had ego, that became homeless and thought that they were just going to be homeless for a couple days or a couple weeks, that quickly turns into half a year. That quickly turns into a year. That quickly turns into several years. That really surprises me. It's just a downward spiral that just keeps going. We're human. None of us likes to raise our hand and say we're different. You know, we're hurting. I always like to use the you know, uh, analogy of going to your high school class reunion. You don't walk in and say, you know, I was just laid off and I'm, you know, worried about being evicted. You say, I've got this great career and, you know, I'm, you know, you put up this, you know, front. That's humans. That's what we do. I mean, with COVID, people need to be able to ask for help. I know working as a case manager, many times I would meet somebody and I would say, gosh, why didn't you reach out while you're still in your apartment? There was support for you to stay in your apartment. I think that's a communication thing. We need to be able to communicate this to people. Once people think that it's okay to sleep outside, to be homeless, they think that they deserve it, that's a whole set of psychological problems, you know, confidence issues. It gets rooted deep. If you're okay being homeless, how are you going to switch out of that mental thought process? Well, it becomes learned helplessness. I want to stress something that we need to be very real about social crises in our country and homelessness is a crisis that's getting worse i don't believe we can sugarcoat anything i mean the homeless sector likes to you know say we're winning we're winning you're not you're not but there is hope and we need to present this with hope we as far as american citizens need to be politically active. Your voice is important. If you go to invisiblepeople.tv forward slash get involved, we make it easy for you to contact your state and federal legislators to let them know that you want them to focus on ending homelessness. Really fight homelessness at the hyper-local level, and you need to get involved in Los Angeles politics. I mean, right now, the, the mayor's trying to pass an insane budget that pretty much ignores ending homelessness. And you look around Los Angeles, that is dumb in a no-dumb zone. So us, as residents of Los Angeles, and I am moving back here, I lived here for 30 years. We need to speak up and fix this crisis. We need to stop the bureaucracy and we need to vote in politicians that have all of our best interests in, and, you know, not just house people, not just homeless people, but all of our best interests. And if people want to find out more about you and your nonprofit, you go to invisiblepeople.tv, and I'll put the link in the episode notes. And if you want to watch the stories, I mean, they're heartfelt. You'll cry. You'll laugh. There's so many great stories. It's the Invisible People YouTube channel. What does rock solid mean to you? Rock solid would be, to me, a foundation. I mean, if you're rock solid, you're unwavering. You can't get any more solid than rock. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rock Solid with me, Crystal Fambrini. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate it if you can take a moment to give this show a five-star rating, leave a nice review, and press that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram at Rock Solid Podcast, and I hope this show supports you in living your best, most rock-solid life. Thank you.